um, becoming a spiritual warrior. Amen. And uh, it's not something that it, that's really, it is a choice that we have, but it's really not a choice that we have. If we are and claim to be a part of the kingdom of God, then it is something that that we are brought into. Amen. And so, uh, let's pray once again and just ask God to just take every hindrance away from us here and from Him this morning. Lord, we love You today and we thank You. Father, I bind every hindering spirit. I bind every contrary spirit and I loose Your Spirit to move in this place. Your Word is be magnified above Your name. So let Your Word, Lord, minister into the minds and the hearts of Your people today. Let us receive something. Lord Jesus, some nugget of truth, something that will minister into our spirit, into our life, that will cause us to walk in in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you know this song. We're just going to sing this, this little song. Well, I'm a soldier in God's army, and I'm marching straight to victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I'm a soldier marching heaven bound. Well, I'm a soldier in God's army, and I'm marching straight to victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I'm a soldier. I'm marching heaven bound. Well, I'm a soldier in God's army, and I'm marching straight to victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I'm a soldier marching heaven bound. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are soldiers in God's army. Amen. And uh, so we're going to start out, uh, go back to our key verse for this lesson for this month, um, Becoming a Spiritual Warrior, Matthew 16, verse 13 through 19. If we could put that up. Sister Miller's getting there. I believe that's in your lesson. I'm not mistaken. Yep. It is there. And so it says in verse, uh, uh, let's start with verse 13, please, if you don't mind. Praise God, praise God. 16, 13, there we go. And when Jesus came unto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Kind of sounds like a trick question, doesn't it? You know, he was working on his disciples. He was preparing them for something. And he wasn't telling them exactly what it was, but he was training them and preparing them. And so then it, and and they said, some say that thou art, and if you notice, he asked them a question and they, they immediately answered. And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist and some Elias and, and others Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. And so what was going on here is that uh, in the preparation of these disciples, Jesus was... He was trying to find out. He was, he was digging down to see if they received revelation and understanding about the things concerning himself. And when Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus had to be a little excited because what he was really saying was, You are what, what you've been trying to tell these these Pharisees and these Sadducees, you are the God of all glory robed in flesh. That's what Peter was saying. And so there was a, what was being established here was some revelation about who Jesus Christ really was. And so when Jesus understood that, and, and I'm sure he knew, he just wanted to ask them so he could verify so that they could speak it. Because when you speak things out of your mouth, words mean something. Amen. When you confess things, words mean something. And Peter didn't hesitate. Simon Barjona didn't hesitate to say what, what was in the forefront of his mind. It was like he couldn't wait to say it. And so Jesus said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, upon this truth, upon this revelation. And what does it say there? I will build my church. And who said that? That was Jesus that said that. So the God of glory, robed in flesh, that came to this earth, walked on this earth as a man, was fully God and fully man, and was going to go into glory so that we could receive His power and His glory in us, made that statement. He said, I'm going to build my church. So that means that we can't build a church. He builds the church. Amen? And so the Bible says that unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that try to build it on their own. Amen? Man can go out there and build a church if he wants to. He can gather a congregation of people together. He can build a building and bring a bunch of people together. But if God didn't build that, If God didn't plant that tree, is it going to bear any fruit? Not not the kind of fruit God wants it to bear. So those kind of trees, what happens to them that don't bear fruit, they're cut down and used for firewood. And so God's going to build His church. And how is He going to do that? Because He goes on to say there, And the gates of hell shall not prevail... And we brought out last week and kind of the groundwork that we laid that gates are stationary. Gates are for protection. Just like those two back doors back there. They're to lock out people when we're not here. So nobody comes in and breaks in and steals our stuff. 
But they're also there to be open for when people come to the house of God. It's an entry point. And he went on to say in that scripture, And I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. And we talked about last week how that in another translation in the Amplified it says, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall have already been bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on this earth shall have already been loosed in heaven. Because God is not limited by space and time. He's not sitting there waiting for us necessarily. He's already bound the spirits of, in the prince of this city. He's already bound the sickness in the Miller family. He's already bound those things. And he's already loosed his spirit. He's already loosed healing. But he's waiting for us, the church, to speak it out. Because he needs the human agency of his church to fulfill and to perform these things on the earth. If he didn't, then why did he go through all of this? To die on a cross. He could just step out, push us out of the way and just do his will. But he needs us. He needs the church. And he said that. That was the first time, by the way, in the New Testament that the word church was ever mentioned. Matthew 16. And so he's talking about the church in the future. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. And as I said, gates are stationary. And so those gates represent a defensive. We brought this out last week. I'm kind of leading up to where we're going to pick up. Gates are defensive. They're stationary. They don't move. You don't carry your gates around and attack people if you're an army. You're sitting behind your gates trying to protect your king, trying to protect your stuff. You know, you could call the front door of your house your gates. When we go to bed at night, and I remember when we didn't have to do this, we lock our doors because we don't want somebody coming in while we're sleeping and taking our stuff or hurting us or our kids. And so so that's gates are stationary. Gates are for protection. So if the gates are if the gates of hell are stationary and they're defensive, that means that we are the offensive force. We are the army of God. We are the ones that are on the offense. We are on the attack of this enemy that we're facing today. Amen? And so we're going to continue on in, in, the, in this lesson. There are four areas we're going to talk about in the next four weeks. There are four basic stages of warfare. And I'm going to make reference to... Warfare in the natural, and I'm going to refer a lot back to like biblical warfare. And I know we all understand warfare today, but I'm going to refer back to the biblical warfare, but the warfare in the Old Testament primarily. And so these four basic stages of, are the initial battle, the pursuit after the enemy retreats, the breaching of the gates and the capturing of the king, Sometimes they killed the king. And then the fourth one is the dividing of the spoil. And so today, with the groundwork laid, we're going to go ahead and start with uh, letter A. The initial battle. Okay? So in the Old Testament, when a natural king was in power, there were about... They, that natural king was all about extending... 
in making their kingdom bigger. Okay? We have that today in our world. If I say the name of a country, Iran or ISIS, they're all about expanding their kingdom, so to speak. They're all about getting tentacles in over here and over here and over in this country and Syria. And they're all about taking over as much area as they can. They're not satisfied with just being inside of their little, their little area that they started in. They want to take more ground. Amen? And so, those enemies in the Old Testament were all about the same thing. They were all about expanding their borders. And when God called Israel to be his people, he, and he caused them to have these 12 tribes, he raised up in these 12 tribes, he caused them to begin to raise up armies. And they had to have weapons, and they had to have armor, and they had to have all the things that an army takes into battle with them. Because as he was giving them the promised land, he wasn't just telling them to sit over here on the side in the bleachers and I'll go get the promised land and and I'll come back and get you when it's ready. No. He He wanted them to do it. He needed them to fight for the things because if you don't fight for something, if you don't, I'll use this analogy, if you don't work hard at a job and pay pay money for the things that you want, you don't appreciate it. You know, I remember growing up, my mom and dad trying to instill that into me and my brothers. We're not just going to buy you a car. You're going to have to go get you a job, and you're going to have to work. You're going to have to earn some money and give up some of your time to work at a job and earn some money and pay for that car yourself so you feel what it feels like, the responsibility of doing all that. And so that same principle applies here. Israel needed to be the ones to take that, that land each time. Because what was God going to do later? He was going to turn around and give that to them as inheritances to their tribes. But they had to subdue their enemy. Amen. As members and as servants of the sons of the kingdom of God, we are his emissaries. And we have been given the command and the commission to expand his kingdom. Just like Israel was doing in that day. They were expanding the kingdom of God. And these other armies that they fought against, they had an opportunity to say, you know what? We want, to, we want to be nice to you guys. We don't want you to hurt us. Because if you read in the Old Testament, there came a time where after several battles took place, and it was very obvious that this, this what was considered to be a tiny army against armies much greater, much stronger, much bigger than they were, would come in and just, just dispossess larger armies. And they started thinking, wait a minute. This God that is sending his armies in here, he's, he's with them. And so some of the armies began to say, well, we're not going to mess with those people. Because the bigger armies than we are have been beaten by them. And, and it just has to be the hand of God. Amen. And so we are just like that today. We are a part of his kingdom. And so by binding the strong man and preaching the gospel to every creature, we are accomplishing this. And that's exactly what those armies had to do. They had, But the first step was that they had to enter into battle. Amen? Psalms 24 and 8 says, Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Who wrote that? David did. David knew that it was the Lord strong and mighty in battle. It wasn't them. They, 
They went out there with their physical strength. They went out there with their swords and their shields. And they went out there together as a people. If you've seen, if you've ever seen pictures or movies or whatever, those soldiers, they would take those, those shields that were leather and they would oil those shields and they would stand there side by side together and protect one another. It wasn't just everybody out there fighting their own little battle. They stood with one another. They protected one another. They protected the whole military. Even in our day today, when we go out and fight a battle, our military goes as a unit, as a team. And if somebody falls, they're there to pick them up. They're there to, with a medic to take care of them. And, and they are protecting each other while they're fighting the battle. And so don't doubt for a minute that we, as his invasion force, aren't going to come up against some things. You know, a war is made up of what? Many battles. One battle after the other. The Battle of Mosul. The battle, you know, we could talk about that today. The Vietnam War had many, 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 many battles. The Tet Offensive and all these things that I've heard of growing up. I don't know about them, but I've heard about them. And so the battles that Israel had to fight, it wasn't just one battle and the war was over. And it's, it's a dangerous place to get in when you... When you fight a battle, and then you say, all right, we've won that battle, and you go and sit down. Okay, <laughs> battle's over. You know, and you, the enemy is, in the meanwhile, they're, they're, they're recouping, and they're, they're, they're backing up, and, and they're getting stronger, and they're going to come back at you. And so there's going to be another battle, and another battle, and another battle. And so we as an army of God have to step out and begin to Fight those battles. Amen. And the battles are going to be many. When are those battles going to end? Not until Jesus comes. Amen. Israel was sent out by God to fight against armies that were mightier and stronger than they were. And with the assurance that when they stepped out into the battle, the Lord would give them the victory. And he always did it. He always gave them the victory when they followed his direction. I know I'm probably not following the notes very well that I gave you, but um, hopefully you're adding this stuff as, as you feel like the Lord's ministering it to you. And so, as I said, it's great to come together, to congregate. We come here together as a church, and we congregate here. And, and an army, when they're getting ready to go into battle, they, they, they go up to the, to the border where they're getting ready to go into the battle, and they all line up, and they're all there, and everything's great, and and they have a shout, and then they, they step out into the battle. They don't just sit there. They step out into the battle, knowing that they might die, knowing that they might get hurt, knowing that one of their friends might get hurt, knowing that they've got family back there, knowing all these things. They step out into the battle anyway. We're going to have to fight some battles in our life. We're going to have to fight some battles as a church together. Amen? And they're on your study sheet. Uh, there it says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 47, it says, And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not but with the sword and with the spear, although he sent them into battle with those things. They had to do the physical part. 
For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. This is what they were saying to, their, to the army that, that thought they were going to be, defeat Israel. They would say, uh-uh. God's sending us into this battle. He's going to give us the victory. Amen? And they discomfited armies just like that. And it didn't make sense to those armies. How in the world did they discomfit us? They're so small and they're so weak. Amen? Because God was going before them in the battle. In God's mind, we read that scripture, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound already bound in heaven. So in God's mind, the battle was already over. Israel had to go out there and feel the feeling of being in battle and fighting for the things that were important to them. He was sending them to the promised land, but he wasn't just giving it to them. He is not just going to give us the kingdom. He's not just going to give us revival. He's not just going to give us souls and a harvest. We've got to fight for it. He's not just going to cause that farmer's field to just start popping up corn every year. All right? That farmer's got to go out there and do some stuff. Right? He's got to go out there and plow and sweat and deal with the rocks and deal with all the weeds and all the stuff and get it out of the field. And he's got to plant the seed and he's got to wait. And so we're, we're not just going to just, uh, you know, uh, when a preacher goes into a city for the very first time, he's not just going to walk in there and walk up to the devil and say, all right, get out. I'm here. And the devil's not just going to say, well, I already have my bags packed. I guess I'll leave. No, it ain't happening like that. Amen? It's going to be a battle. Because that's his territory. And you just entered into his territory as an invasion force. Amen? So he's not going to go away without a fight. Amen? He's not going to leave your house without a fight. Amen? Where, where do you think the, really the first battles that we got to face and fight as, as apostolics, as Christians, where do you think that first battle takes place? Right up here in our mind. Amen. If we can't win this battle, because where does the enemy work? In our mind. Amen. He tells us all kinds of lies. He tells us all kinds of things that, that, that makes us believe that we're weak and we're beggarly and we're anemic and we can't do anything. And, and there's several stories in the Bible where the enemy would, would, would start mouthing all kinds of stuff and making, making Israel feel like, oh, well, we can't do this. We're weak. I don't know how we're going to do this. They would forget God. They would forget the power of God that had gone before them in many other battles. So we've got to remember that God is going, the one that's going into battle with us and for us. And every battle has a battle plan. Israel didn't just go into battle and make up things as they went. And when they did do that, what happened? They failed. Amen. When they tried to go it on their own, they failed. When we try to go it on our own, what happens? Without God, we're going to fail. We're going to fail miserably. We're going to sit back and go, what happened? Amen. We didn't send God into the battle ahead of us first. Those 12 tribes together were separate, but they were one army. They fought those battles together. Right? They pushed back their enemies together. They overcame strongholds and gates together. Amen? They defeated enemies and spoiled their goods together. 
and their cities and their people got the victory, even though they weren't in the battle. Everybody got to claim the victory together because some did have to stay back. Some did have to maintain households and things like that. And when they got the spoils and they got the victories and they carried them back to their city, everybody rejoiced. Amen? The people of Israel were aggressive in battle. If you go into a battle, if you enter into the battle and you're passive, and you're just kind of like, come on, guys. Y'all don't really want to fight, do you? Just, you you know we're going to beat you anyway. Why don't y'all just turn tail and run now while you have a chance? And it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way in the natural. It doesn't happen that way in the spiritual. Amen. We can't just walk into a city and just... Just kindly ask the devil to leave. He's not going to do that. Amen? You know, Abraham, one of the first battles in the Bible, Abraham's nephew and some of his people, they got, uh, there was a, a battle and they got taken into custody. They got taken as prisoners of war. What did Abraham do? The Bible says that he took all the servants in his house that he had trained to fight in battles he trained his servants to be warriors because you never know. And so when he found out what happened, he took his small little army over there and he, he discomfited that army and dispossessed him and took back all his family that was, had been taken prisoner. And so how are we going to set the prisoners free? How are we going to set those free that are, that are appointed to die? Because they're, they're out there. They don't know. They don't know that they're prisoners in somebody else's house that they don't belong in. It's going to be us together fighting in the battle, battling against the spirits. Amen? Because Satan is not natural. Anybody ever seen Satan? I know you've probably seen a picture of what people think he looks like. Right? But (laughs) I'm sure he probably doesn't have horns and a pitchfork. Somebody was just trying to think of what would be the most evil thing in their mind. And wear a red suit. He just, you know. He's wicked. Amen. Got to remember, his name was Lucifer one time. Once. Amen. When he tried to usurp the authority that, of the one that created him, what happened? He got kicked out in a third of the angels. And if you think about that, a third of the angels were kicked out. So that left. Two-thirds, right? And some of those demonic spirits. And so the devil doesn't have a limited, an unlimited supply of, of soldiers. Okay? And some of those spirits have been bound since then. So he's even got less of an army. So he, but he wants you to believe that, that you're, you're, you're defeated before you ever start. Amen? Because he's a liar. If he can get you convinced that you're anemic and weak and you can't do anything, and he can get you to stop praying, he's done his job. Amen. Israel was regularly in battles and going into war for the ground that they had to gain. As I already said, I'm trying to, I don't want to get into the next lesson, so we might get done a little early. But, but they had to gain that ground. 
And then they had to claim that victory. They had to take those spoils. And then they had to prepare for the next battle. They couldn't just sit back and just take life easy. They had to prepare for the next battle. Amen. It really wasn't a matter of if they were going to go to war. It was a matter of when they were going to go to war. Amen. And so, in the spiritual, we are just like Israel. You know, you've heard us and many preachers, and it's, it's biblical that we are considered to be spiritual Israel. Amen? And so as spiritual Israel, we, we are no different than natural Israel. We have some battles to fight. Amen? We've got to, we got to fight and win that battle in our mind. Amen? Because, amen, that's, that's a place where the enemy is going to work on us. Amen? When you wake up on a Sunday morning and you start having these thoughts of, I don't know, my, I think my back hurts. And I, you know, I think my teeth itch or something, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I think I'm just going to lay out at church because they have it on, <clears throat> they have it online and so I can just listen to it online or on my phone and, and we'll, the devil will just tell us all kinds of things to get us to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Oh, it's too far to drive, you know. I don't know. It's just too far, you know. And then, and then I, you know, when I, he comes to me too. Okay, we're not we're not ignorant of his devices, but just because we're apostolic and we're filled with the Holy Ghost doesn't mean he's not going to come and mess with us. That means he's going to come mess with us even more. But I I try to think about those those countries where people walk for four hours to go to a church service. And stay there all day for the second service on dirt roads and rock roads with no shoes. And then they walk, and I'm not just making this up, and then they walk four hours back home. And they're glad they got to go to church. Amen? You know, most of those kind of people in those countries, it doesn't take them very long to get filled with the Holy Ghost, get baptized, and understand that they got to walk with God. They don't have far to go we got a lot of stuff in our life that gets in the way of us fighting the battle. Amen? You know, the Bible says if we put our hand to the plow and turn back, what does it say? We're not fit for the kingdom. We're not fit to be in God's army. Amen? And it's not for our glory. It's not so I can say... Man, I prayed those prayers, and I bound those devils, and I loosed the Spirit of God, and, and man, all these souls came in, and didn't I do a great thing? Right? It's like the one superstar on the, on the uh, NBA basketball team that takes all the credit for, for winning a game by two points of 109 to 107, like he did it all. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's some other people here that had something to do with that. Amen. It's, and it's not about our glory anyway. It's about His glory. Amen. I don't know who prayed. I don't know who interceded. I don't know who travailed. But somebody did. Because I'm standing here before you today because somebody, some church, some, somewhere, somebody quietly in their home, on their face before God, interceded and travailed for my soul. Not wanting any glory for themselves. Just knowing that, hey, I'm a soldier in God's army. And I've got to do what God is telling me to do. 
Amen. When, when you join the, the military, you don't get to have a say. Amen. And on the day of Pentecost, after Jesus died and, and did away with the old law and did away with the old covenant, the new covenant came into place, came into being. There was 3,000, about 120 added to the church that day, that very first day. And guess what? <laughs> they entered into God's army that day. And so we are a part of His fighting force. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. Our fighting and our battling and all the things that we go through in this military is all directed by God and by His Word. Amen. Once again, as I said earlier, if we step out on our own and try to fight against the enemy without God behind us, without the power and the authority of God with us, amen, think about those, those seven sons of Sceva. You know, they said, Paul, we know. Why did they say that? Because what? Paul had, Paul operated with authority. Whose authority? God's authority. So Paul operated under the authority and power of the Holy Ghost flowing through him to bind those devils. And they said, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? So these guys were trying to operate and use the name of Jesus, but no, have no authority to back them up. It would be like somebody dressing up as a cop putting all the uniform on and putting lights on their car and everything and trying to pull you over with no authority. They have no authority. They're just playing dress up. And so we are directed by God and directed by His Word. We, we, we unify in prayer with the goals and objectives of the kings, King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in mind. So it's not about accomplishing our own will. It's about accomplishing His will. Amen. John the, Bap, uh, John the Baptist said, I must decrease, He must increase. I've got to get me out of the way. Amen. When you're a soldier in an army and they send you into battle, you don't get to sit around with all your other soldiers and discuss it. Should we do this? No. It doesn't happen that way. Even the commander, the colonel, the general, whoever it is in charge of that, that unit knows that he has to send down those orders telling that unit to go into battle knowing that somebody might die. And so our great commander-in-chief, the God of glory, is going to send us into battle the same way. We don't get to have a say on whether we get to go or not. Because the battle has to be fought. And if, if somebody had to fight in battle in prayer for my soul, for your soul, how many more out there need somebody, need an army, need a church like this church, praying, interceding, travailing, battling in the Spirit for their souls? Amen? You know, the Bible says that you've got to bind a strong man first before you can enter his house and take his goods. Right? says that a couple different times in the New Testament. So who's the strong man? 
It's Satan. That's the enemy of our souls. He's the strong man. And so if somebody, if somebody breaks into your house to steal your goods and you're there, they've got to deal with you first. And if they can deal with you and get you tied up, in a, tied up to a chair in a corner and get a gag on your mouth so you won't say anything, then they can ransack your house and take your stuff and leave. That's how it works. Right? So we've got to, as a, as a fighting force, as a spiritual fighting force, that's the same thing we've got to do. There's a strong man out there, and he's got some prisoners in his house. And they don't know they're prisoners. They don't even know they're lost. They don't even know that they're, they're in bondage. We didn't know when we were, that we were in bondage. Amen. In those cities, that when Israel had to go into those cities, there were people there that, weren't, that were there against their will. And so when they breached those gates, they would set those people free. Amen. And so we're going to have to do some things in battle to set those people free in this city. Second Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 6. Praise God. For though we walk... In the flesh, we do walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. Even Israel, if you go back in their day, they didn't war after the they did war in the flesh, but they really didn't war after the flesh. Because why? Because God was going ahead of them to give them the victory in the battle that they had to fight. So He's going. We got to fight the battle, but in the flesh. But He's going to back us up in the spirit. You know. In the flesh means like you, you've got to go go pray. Your flesh doesn't want to pray, but you've got to make your flesh pray sometimes. Amen? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not our own efforts. It's not our own intellect. You're not going to outthink the devil. You're not going to outmaneuver the devil. Amen? That's not how we do it. That's not how we win the battle. But mighty through God, through God... Through God, through God, through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Don't try to pull down some strongholds on your own. Don't try to go after the devil of your own volition, of your own flesh. We've got to go after him bound with the Spirit of God flowing out of us, that, that authority and power that he's given us. But mighty through God to the pulling down of Strongholds. Amen. We were talking already about the mind. That's what a stronghold is. It's a mindset. It's something you get stuck in your mind that the enemy keeps speaking into your mind and, and you, don't, you don't push it away and pretty soon it becomes something you take ownership of. And that mindset begins to take over your thinking and you start believing whatever that mindset is. I'm weak. I can't do anything. I, you know, I tried to pray, but nothing happened. And and we get the devil will put these thoughts in our mind and cause us cause this to become a stronghold in our life. And it says in verse five, casting down imaginations. Once again, talking about the mind, right? Where do imaginations happen in the mind? In every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, the enemy Satan is still trying to exalt himself against God. Just because he got kicked out of heaven, he didn't just turn put his tail between his legs and just walk away and say, oh, well, he's still fighting. There's still a battle going on in the spirit. 
He is not satisfied. He got kicked out of heaven, so what's he going to do? He's going to come after God's creation, especially the ones that God has redeemed back to himself. Amen? He's not going to stop. He's not going to, the, war, the battle's not going to be over. The battles aren't going to stop. The war's not going to be over until Jesus comes. So we've got to get it in our mind that we're going to be in a battle. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen? It's our thoughts. Amen? When we come to God and when we repent, what is repentance? It's a change of mind, change of heart. I was walking that way. I'm not walking that way anymore. When I joined the military, I was walking a certain way. I was, I was a civilian. I thought a certain way. I acted a certain way. But when I went through eight weeks of boot camp, after eight weeks of boot camp, I walked out onto that parade field, marched across that field, and graduated. I was thinking totally different. Totally different. I had a different, I had a military mindset. They implanted some things. They took some things out of me, and I gave them up willingly most of the time. And then they, when they took things out, they put things in to replace that. Here's how you're going to think. Here's how you're going to respond to orders. Here's how you're going to act when you're given a command. Here's how you're going to re- show honor and respect to those that are in authority over you. All these things were taught, and to this day, those things are still there. They are. I, I ju- it just makes me laugh when I, when I am dealing with somebody who's in a position of authority that's half of my age, and I say something to them like, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am, and they look at me like, well, <laughs> you're like they're trying to call me old, I guess. Don't call me, ma'am. I should be calling you, sir. You, I should be calling you, sir. And, I, and they, don't, they don't understand, and I tell them, I can't help it. That has, been, that has been put in me, and it's not ever going to leave. Amen? And God has got, God, when we, when we came to God and we repented, we, we poured everything out that was like the world. We said, we made a conscious decision. We, made a, we calculated, okay, I'm making a decision. I'm not walking that way anymore. And we entered into His presence, and He turned our life around. We let Him do it. And so we've got to begin to walk in that new direction, leaving those things behind. I mean, they took your civilian clothes away from you when you got to boot camp. And they just didn't look the same when they handed me those suitcases back. You know, it was like, yeah, you know, that's the way it is. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Amen? We don't just get into this thing so that we can find a bench to sit and wait for Jesus to come. Amen? We have entered into God's army. And we are a part of His fighting force in this city. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. That doesn't mean He's not going to try to convince us otherwise. But we've got to be... We're not ignorant, the Bible says, of His devices. Amen? And so we've, we've got to stay in prayer. We've got to maintain that prayer life in our life. And why is that? We've got to maintain that, the thing that Brother Parker keeps emphasizing about hiding the Word of God in your heart. Why is that? 
because the more the more re- regulations and things and that they taught us in the military, the more you committed to memory, the less you had to think about. I could still put my mask on and clear and seal it in nine seconds, right? To this day, because they trained me so long and so hard on that, I could probably do it without even thinking. It would be as if the last time I did it. And so as we enter into the kingdom, there are certain things that we begin to take into our life, and we've got to maintain those things. Amen? Because we, do, we are battling the mind. Praise God. I hope this is all right. I hope this is, is helping somebody, blessing somebody. I'm just trying to follow what the Lord's telling me to do, what the Lord's telling me to say. And, and if he's saying something to you, then, then God bless you. And, you know, I needed somebody when I was in your place. I needed somebody to minister and teach me and train me and help me along. You know, in ten years and nine months in the Army, I never stopped learning. The training never stopped. As I, as I gained rank, the training never stopped. There was more training for the next rank. God's going to take us up. He's going to raise us up and elevate us to places. And he's going to show us things in Revelation that he never showed us before. And he's going to bring us to new, new avenues and new places in our walk. My prayer life now is nothing like it was five years ago. And it's phenomenal to be in, in what I'm in now. But I, now that I'm at this point, I know there's a whole lot, you know, there's a whole lot more road out ahead of me that I've got to get over that road. To really be a, a soldier, an effective soldier in the kingdom of God. So let's take a break, 15 minutes, and uh, come back here for our service this afternoon. I guess you can call it this afternoon. <laughs>